All right, Joe, we are back on the podcast where we are training men in spiritual fitness. And we are in the middle of a series. We're trying to help men discover uh, what we call the five dimensions of spiritual fitness. And really, I think our aim in this is uh, we don't want men out there to be stuck with uh, spiritual chicken legs is what I call it. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the the term chicken yeah. legs in physical fitness realm, right? You heard of that being one of these guys that you got the, you're real buff up top, but you just have never done leg day at all. You know, you just totally skip every leg day. We don't want guys that are spiritually that way, that, that maybe they are captivated by the glory and goodness of God, but they have no idea how to work that out in relationship with others. Or maybe, you know, they're men that have clarity and a good life plan and they see where they're going, but they have zero self-control. And they have, you know, so we, we want to help guys see, okay, what are the big picture here? Don't skip leg day. <laughs> Let's look at all the di- different dimensions that are encapsulated in the model of a spiritually fit man. And so the one we want to talk about today is competence and how every man who's pursuing spiritual fitness needs to grow in this area of competence. So let's just kick it off by you giving us a clear definition of what competence is. Yeah, I think uh, competence, it's really the freedom to do something. It's the basic skills that go into practicing anything. Um, and so, you know, we often think about this just in everyday life. I mean, if you, you know, are uh, competent, maybe it's to do a simple mechanical job, you know, fixing something on the car. You know, there's a skill level, there's a knowledge level that you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same is true spiritually, that there's a kind of competence. I mean, if you take up the Bible, or if you get down on your knees to pray, we all know that there's something that you're meant to be doing. Mm-hmm. And you have to have certain skills and knowledge to do that well and have the freedom to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that you used a couple of different words there that can sometimes be interchangeable that I think I want to distinguish for guys a little bit in saying competence and skill, because I think skill is is part of competence, but I don't think they're totally interchangeable. And you may correct me here. But uh, what I would tell guys is like there is certain skills in the Christian life um, that I think are great to have. Um, however, it is different than competence. Here, here's an example, like preaching a 45 minute sermon is a skill. Honestly, if you're going to stand in front of a crowd of people and preach and have prepared and it's 45 minutes to the dot, that's a skill. However, communicating the gospel to other people, that's a competence issue, right? So like, okay, diagramming a sentence in Greek, that's a great skill. Uh, Okay, sure. Go ahead, go for that skill. But on the other hand, the competency is problem solving. You see a sentence, you don't know how, how to make sense of it. Do you have that competency necessary to say, wait, let me, do I have an, a, a way of beginning to solve this problem of what's going on here? So a little bit of a, a, of a distinguish to, to make there, um, because I don't want guys to immediately hear us start, start talking about competency and saying, I've got to become the kind of guy that can diagram a sentence in Greek, right? I, that's not necessarily what we're aiming for, is it? Yeah, no, I think um, these are these are much more ordinary things that, you know, land in the everyday Christian life. And so this is, again, in my mind, it's, about, it's a lot about freedom. Um, when, when you lack competence, you find yourself um, just restricted in your ability. And so this is this is about identifying some of these uh, barriers that we all face, motivation killers, and again, growing such that we can have the freedom to pass those up and really find some room to grow in our lives. Yeah, I think see, seeing that that bit of comp- competence, uh, not as a destination that we're trying to get guys to, 
but just that kind of unquenchable desire that a learner has, you know, so it's just this, this thing that you're continually growing in. Cause you're the kind of guy that, that wants to constantly learn, not, we're not putting before men, Hey, you need to have these sets of competencies clearly. Although we will later in this episode, I think, talk about some clear competencies guys need to train in. It's not, if you can do these things, you're a good Christian man. But if you can't, if you haven't read these books and you can't do these things, then you're incompetent. Oh, uh, this is, do you have that desire? Do you have an unquenchable desire to be a learner, to, to, to posture yourself towards learning and growing? I think it's more of what we're aiming at. So let's talk about why competence, because competence is thrown around even in the business world, in job training and things like that. But why is it spiritually important? Why is this an issue for spiritual fitness training? One reason, it is the motivation uh, problem. Um, Competence doesn't generate motivation. It does suffocate or stifle motivation. And so, um, you know, if you're a man and um, I don't know, you hear a talk and you feel like, man, you're supposed to, as a dad, disciple your kids and uh, you're fired up and you go home and you just think, I don't know where to begin. And so you never <laughs> even try, um, you know, and so there's that motivation issue. And this is just, I, I like what you said. I like, you know, it's about small steps of growth. It's not like being a Jedi where you've got everything mastered and then you can finally go out and perform the Christian life. But it's about you know slowly accumulating a little bit of more knowledge, a little bit more ability. Um, so again, so you're able to begin to do the things that we we do need to do. And so that's a big one, motivation. Yeah, I'm uh I'm I'm currently doing a, a reread of uh, J.I. Packer's book, Knowing God. And I don't know mm. if you remember like the introductory chapter or chapters of that book. He really goes hard at this idea in some ways of, of competence. And he kind of attacks two different crowds of people. In one sense, he attacks the guy who kind of rejects growing in, uh, in knowledge, uh, you know, and in theology. But then he also attacks the guy who that's all he does. And uh, but I, love, I love what he says. He says, you cannot be spiritually healthy without doctrinal knowledge. You know, so it's, it's some, some of this, why is competence spiritually important is because we've got to remember our aim. Our aim is to know and love God. You cannot know and love God without growing in the competence, those basic spiritual competencies of knowing who God is. On the other hand, he says, you cannot be spiritually healthy with doctrinal knowledge alone, as if mm-hmm. just gaining this, you know, very uh, dry sense of facts is what gives you the knowledge of God. So I think that, that's been helpful for me to think about, okay, in our why is this spiritually important? Because again, we've got a very specific aim in our lives as Christian men, whether you're a pastor or just a, a, you know, a technician or whatever, ordinary Christian man, you want to know God, you want to love God, you want to worship God. And how can you do so without growing in some of these competencies? We can't ignore that. That is a part of our spiritual lives. Yeah. And I think that that ties into, you know, just another reason it's so important. And that's, you'd be careful here, but there is an, uh, there is an effectiveness that comes with competence. And, you know, and I, when I say this, it's not just, this isn't something, you know, sort of novel and new. Um, earlier today, I was, I was reading uh, a Puritan on the Holy Spirit. And one of the things the Puritans mm-hmm. do really well is they get to the how question. Well, what does this actually mean? And so what does the spirit do? The spirit helps us fight sin is what this person was saying. And he was saying, well, how does the spirit do that? And he was listing some of these duties and one of them prayer. He said, well, how 
do you do that? And he, and he ended up talking about an element of prayer I haven't thought a whole lot about, which is just a, he called it complaint. It's when you're crying out to God from a place of desperation and need. Now, that's an area of prayer that he's saying is really effective in terms of battling against sin. But, you know, it's not one that I've thought a whole lot about. And so there's an area of potential growth that could be really helpful. But until you actually know it, you can't use it. Mm. And so, you know, we're not talking here about like it's guaranteed that just go through these steps or learn this specific skill and it's going to result in, you know, some sort of blessing in your life. However, it's just the truth. Whatever spiritual discipline you're talking about, you have to be growing in order for that to really be effective in your life. And so that's, again, where competence is just so important. So let's pitch a little bit of a vision of guys without competence. So like, how, how does a lack of competence affect a Christian man? I've already mentioned one area, and it is just that discouragement. Um, and I think this is so often, sadly, the effect of just, you know, the sort of Sunday morning preaching. And I feel yeah. super convicted whenever I say it, but, um, you know, Everybody, let's go out. Let's tell one friend about the gospel. And um, again, you're sitting there and just thinking, I, I can't explain the gospel in, in in a minute. You know, honestly, it seems like it has so many different pieces and that they've never really fit together in my head. How am I supposed to sit down and, and talk about this with somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do think there's a lot of people that it's not that they don't know the things they're meant to be doing. They've got a pretty good you know list that's taken inventory of those uh, duties or disciplines but there is just what we're talking about competency. So it's the, all the frustration and uh, just the guilt and discouragement um, that comes from this not being a part of their spiritual lives. Yeah, I think that one of the effects on the lives of men is just embarrassment. You know, like the, this is that's legitimately a thing for a lot of guys is uh, you whether comparing yourselves to the men around you or facing the questions that are being asked of you from the pulpit or from the books you're reading or whatever. And you realize you come short and you feel embarrassed and therefore don't take a next step and you stall. You, you just totally stall. And, and that's an, another one of these effects, I guess, of not having confidence is men hit low ceilings of spiritual growth way too early. And then mm-hmm. they give up and they say, well, that's my ceiling. I'll never get beyond it. I must not be that smart guy over there. I can't do those things. So this is my ceiling. I'll settle here. And that's that's terrible. That's not that's not at all how we should view our our Christian lives uh, as men. And so it's like, uh, yeah, I think that men need to be able to get past men who are competent are men who are humble enough to admit what they don't know and not embarrassed by it, but say, I want to learn. I want let me put myself out there some. And and yeah, I've hit this low ceiling of growth, but. I can see how I could push beyond that. <laughs> what do I need to do in order to become the more confident man to grow beyond that? So it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's pushing yourself a little bit. I think that's where, you know, again, you take, you take somebody who um, they, they found a way to, to, to read the Bible regularly and that's fantastic. You know, maybe they hadn't, and now they've got, you know, some little devotional and they maybe read a couple of verses and there's a little paragraph to reflect on. And that takes you so far. But like you said, you don't want to stay there there's more to engaging with God's word than that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we all hit those places where it's like, okay, you know, you swallow and think, okay, I've read through, you know, I don't know, maybe I've read through Leviticus before here I am again. Um, 
And, you know, you just let your eyes gloss over and you just kind of scan through some of the pages and skip a few of the pages. And, OK, you, you just move on past Leviticus rather than think, no, actually, there's probably a way to read Leviticus yeah. that actually would really feed into my understanding of who Jesus is and what the gospel is and, and really mm-hmm. important questions. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's, it's like what we're describing. I mean, you can you can be ineffective in reading the Bible. It can have little application because this isn't something that's deepening how you engage with God's word. And so, again, that whole you've talked about growth. But people who feel stunted, often they need something else, a little yeah. bit more knowledge. They need a little bit more coaching. They need something, get them over that barrier. And then all of a sudden you're back in the space. Well, well, this is like when I read the Bible 10 years ago, I'm seeing mm. new things. It's exciting again. It's fitting together. And we can have those experiences if we continue to be growing and learning together. Yeah. So let's talk a, a little more specifically. What are some specific areas that you think men need to grow in competence? I mean, honestly, this is where just make a list of what's important in our spiritual lives. Yeah. And so, you know, we can start with spiritual disciplines, um, anything from prayer to meditation, um, to fasting, to dealing with temptation, to to fighting sin, growing in character, you know, all of these type things, uh, Thanksgiving, um, but then we can also move into relationships. And now we've got a whole nother group of things. Friendship is something that uh, we've talked a lot about, that we can always be becoming a better friend, yes. becoming a better spouse, becoming a better parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so becoming a better member of the church, mm-hmm. there's a whole lot. And the two, I mean, you can, you can go one of two directions here. You can go one path and you feel overwhelmed and want to give up. Because yeah. again, you're supposed to be experts in, in everything and, and learn it all at once. Or you can go the other path and think, okay, this is exciting because there's enough in the Christian life that I'm never going to have to think, well, what do I want to do now? Like, I'm never going to lack purpose or a mission. Um, There's always more to be learning and growing and, uh, you know, ways of being transformed. So I think just what's helpful is to think in your own life, where do you feel stuck? And so, you know, maybe you you really feel small groups and, you know, a men's ministry relationships are going really well. The prayer life's really stale or the opposite. You, you know, your devotional's fantastic, but you really don't have any spiritual friends. Yeah. Find that area where you're weak. And that's probably where you need to invest a little bit more. I think it's great advice being able to ask ourselves, yeah, where do I feel stuck? Identify it and take that next step. I think a lot of this does come down to, I'm, look, I say this a lot, but we got to ask better questions. There, there are better questions out there that not only we're asking of ourselves, but that we're asking of other men. Um, I've got a little, let me play a little, Good question, better question with you for a second here, Joe, because I think I've got a couple of good questions that we ask guys, but a way that I think we can ask it better. So, for example, um, there is a good question that we sometimes ask, man. It's, uh, have you read a systematic theology book? I I think that's a fine question. I think that's a a good question. I think those are good books and we need to, you know, I I love the idea of seeing men, you know, approach those and read those. But however, I think that can sometimes turn um, knowledge into a race. So it's kind of like, you know, well, you've read that one, but then did you, have you read this one and have you read, cause there's not just one of them. Right. <laughs> and so, so I think a better question to ask men to get at what you're really trying to ask a guy is, Hey man, tell me about your process for learning and interpreting and implying scripture. And what that does is that scales all of this. Cause no matter where a man is in his spiritual life, he should be able to answer that question. 
Because mm. what you're really getting at is, do you have a process? Do you have mm. a process for looking at the scripture in such a way? And when you come across something you don't understand or you have a question about, what do you do? What's your process? Mm. And some people are going to be in the, I Google it immediately, you know, part of this. But part of growing in competency is seeing, okay, wait, there are better ways to begin to learn interpret and apply the scripture. And I can grow in that. And maybe that includes starting to read books like systematic theology, hermeneutics, all of these great things. Um, but it's going to be different for different guys in different phases of life. The more important question, I think the better question is, mm. do you have a process? Do you, you know, are you the kind of guy who's thinking through this and has a process at all? So I, I think that's good question. Better question. Another one is, okay, a good question. Can you explain the hypostatic union? I think that maybe that's not a good question. I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. It's a good, it's a good question. It's yeah, a hard it's, one. It's a good question. It's a hard one. A lot, you know, uh, and I think that guys should eventually, yes, get to the point where they learn what that means and how to answer it. That's an excellent aim in life. I'll give you a better question. Are you serving in your church's children's ministry? Now, here's why I think that these are related. And here's what I mean by that. If the aim, I think, for a lot of guys when we're talking competency is saying, can you explain the gospel to a child? That's what I'm trying to say here. Can you explain the gospel to a child? Let's start there. I think if I could push guys to do it, and not every church has a children's ministry, so I'm not, I understand that doesn't communicate to all audiences. But uh, but the idea of it, if there's even a child in your church, are you you know, uh, competent enough to engage them in conversation and tell them about who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Explain that to them. That changes things, right? When we're trying to aim guys towards growing in competency, because if you can begin to get at a level where you're volunteering in a children's ministry, which I believe is one of the hardest jobs in a church, <laughs> but if you could do that, then you get on a path to growing and wanting to learn more and yes, getting to the hypostatic union and stuff. So I think there's better ways we can ask guys about these issues of competency than just a plain list of have you read this and done this? Tell me about your process. Tell me how you teach this. Who are you training? Who are you learning from? Those are better questions when we're talking competency. Yeah. And I think that that ties it to a person's situation and where they are in life. Yeah. So again, as we're talking about competency or, or skill, it's not, it's not like every man need the same degrees or the exact same abilities. And so, you know, if your job is to teach theological students, you better be able to yeah. talk about hypostatic union in a really compelling way that leads them to worship and adore who Christ is. However, most of us are more likely trying to read the Bible to our kids, or like yeah. you said, and, and if we can't make it simple and speak at that level, then um yeah we need to question like should we be reading that huge tome or should we be thinking about how do you talk about Jesus with just an ordinary sinner who's yeah. looking for grace that's it that's it all right so let's help guys learn how they can do this together how how do groups of men begin to grow in competency with one another yeah i think often groups of men are focused on on just um gaining knowledge or uh the way that they're thinking about this is maybe just just they're they're just reading books together mm. and i mean most with most things that you most skills that you grow in you don't just read books um you know you join a circle of people that are learning together and uh i mean it can happen 
you know, if you join a gym and you start talking to other people that work out, they share knowledge about how to do things. You know, you end up with a whole lot more, um, a higher IQ in terms of how to work out just because you do, you're doing something. You're not just yeah. sitting there reading a book about working out, you know, in a classroom together. And, uh, so I think if guys, if you can think about again, where, how do you want to grow? Um, do you want to grow in, uh, in prayer together? Yes. Maybe pick up a book by Andrew Murray on prayer or do something really kind of crazy. Um, you know, get on your knees together, like mm -hmm. actually listen to how you pray, talk about each other's prayer lives. I mean, be really open, find the guy in the church, the old guy that just models prayer and go to his house and, you know, spend an hour in prayer with him. Like with all of these things, more is caught than taught. Yes. Put yourself in the space where you're doing whatever it is together that you want to be growing in. And mm -hmm. yes, read the books, but find more practical ways of doing it as well. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I think there is a difference there that guys need to understand when they're talking to one another in groups in discovering not only what you learn, but how you learn it, right? So there's two different uh, modes there when you're talking to a group of men. There's one thing to explain what you're learning about God. It's another thing to explain how you got about learning that. And that's an important piece as groups of men learning from one another how it is that we're accessing and growing in that competency. You know, it's kind of like seeing the difference between a teacher and a trainer and seeing ourselves as a trainer. You know, a teacher is going to tell you what you need to know, but that trainer is going to give you that how to get there, how, step by step. And I think groups of men need to be able to talk about not just what are you reading, what are, what's your Bible reading plan this year, but how do you go about reading your Bible reading plan? What's your process for doing that? Those are great distinctions for, for groups of men. And I think Within that um, bigger picture, even just for a man to realize, you know, when you ask that question of someone, uh, who are the, the five people that you are learning most from right now, or maybe the one or two people that you're learning most from right now? I hope for most guys, it's not some, you know, podcaster or author or something, although I hope you're learning a lot from authors. Man, I know a lot of times in my life, the guys I'm learning most from are those guys that I'm gathering in a circle with because we're, we're teaching those hows to one another. And, and those that what that implies then, if we're talking about how do we do this in a group of men is men have to be teachable. It's a big piece of competence is you have to know that I'm the kind of guy who's going to remain humble and teachable. And I actually want to hear from the men around me what they're learning and how they're learning it, because I'd like to apply that in my own life because I know and I see gaps of competence in my own life. So I think that's that's important for men that are that are doing this as a group. But uh, just to kind of end this on, I'd like to know from you, like, what do you think are the limits of competency? Is Are there any limits there? What, what are they? Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up one thing you just said, then I'll answer that question. I think in terms of what you were just describing, it's interesting how we see this with Jesus. I was just reading this morning about disciples in, in, in Luke 11. They're, they're watching Jesus pray. And then they go and they ask, teach us how to pray. And he does. And so, you know, this is this is a, a chain of learning. You see it with Jesus, his disciples. You see it with Paul, Timothy, and Titus. Yes. And so it really is rooted just in the, the church, early church itself. Um, in terms of the limits of, of competence, uh, we just have to be really honest as important as this is, and we've been saying it's really, really important, the truth is competence by itself accomplishes nothing spiritually. Mm. And I realize this might rattle guys. You might think, well, wait, wait, what, what are you saying? 
all things, uh, all spiritual growth comes by grace. It all comes through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're absolutely dependent. Now, that doesn't mean that the sort of duties that God asks us to do don't matter. Typically, um, the way he pours his grace into our life is as we are obedient to the things he's asked us to be doing. And so, you know, to show um, the commitment of growing and learning and deepening our uh, ability and all the things that he's told us to be doing, uh, we should be growing in competence in prayer and meditation and, and fighting sin, all of these things. We need to be doing that, but we need the humility to recognize that God he has to actually have to make this effective. And the moment pride creeps in and we think because we're competent, we can get something done, it's game over spiritually, yeah. at least I mean, for that moment until we get back to repentance because it's the empty heart that God fills. It's not the one that's full of self. That's great. I'm glad you included that. And yeah, guys, this is uh, like Joe said, it's not everything, but it is a big piece of, of what we would say as a spiritually fit man. So we do want you to be that guy who isn't walking around with chicken legs, you know, spiritually. So go out there and find a way to grow in competence now. Gather in groups of men, be teachable, be humble, learn how you're learning from one another, all of those things. And uh, we're going to continue next week talking about more of these uh pieces of being a spiritually fit man because we want you to aim for busting through those low ceilings of spiritual growth. So y'all join us again next week.